You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. Welcome back to Exodus. Man, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. My name's Tommy. If we hadn't met, I'm, I'm one of the people who goes to church here. And, and th- this is, this is exciting. I love, like, of all the parts of Exodus, I, I really love this part. I love it so much. Um, Man, there are moments in your life, right? There are moments, in, and I want you to just join me and kind of use your imagination and think a little bit. There are moments in your life that you will never forget because in some way that moment has defined you. Are you with me? There, there's moments, and maybe, maybe it's a good moment. Like maybe there's certain moments you remember, like maybe, well, maybe it was a first kiss. So you remember maybe a first kiss or something like that. Or maybe you remember like, uh, you know, a child comes into the world in the first breath or something, you know. Or maybe you remember... I don't know what the breath smelled like in your first kiss. <laughs> I don't know. All sorts of things. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of things you can remember here, right? And so in um, some of these things you remember, it's like stories you tell over and over, right? And the older we get, the more we tell them over and over and over. I know. Trust me. It was like, but there's, there's some important things that need to be remembered. And so you tell the story over and over and over, e- even bad things. There's been difficult moments that shaped our lives. But even those moments are stories that we tell over and over and over. Because there are moments that need to be remembered. There are moments in your life that are worthy of remembering good moments and difficult moments. And so over and over you tell the story because you want to make sure it's not a moment you forget. You know why? Because we are a people who are prone to forget. We are a people who are prone to forget the moment. And so I love, like, this part of Exodus right here. I, I'm telling y'all guys, when, when I knew I was going to do Exodus, this was the part I was excited about. I love the whole thing, but I love this part because there's this beautiful story. It's, it's a rich history of the Israelites, and of all these things, there's a moment that happens to them that God specifically wants them to remember forever. As a matter of fact, after this moment, God says, I want you to have a meal every year to celebrate this moment. Does anyone know what I'm going to talk about today? Can you guess by what I've talked about? Passover. Yeah. So, so there's this moment called Passover, and it is so incredible. And remember, I don't want us to see this as an ancient book for an ancient land in a far off place. I want you to see today, and it is my heart's cry today, that you would see how this story of Passover is directly tied to your story. Not only is it tied to your story, it's tied to the most important story the world will ever know. And today, we will remember together a story that forever changed the world. Man, remembering the greatness of God has long been a practice of God's people. And, and, and I think, uh, I'll tell you that later. I'm not ready to tell you that yet. So <laughs> let, me, let me keep going. So remember, all right, so let, let's, let's sort of catch up on Exodus. Um, God has, has heard the cry of his people, the Israelites. They're in captivity in Egypt. God sends Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, no, no, baby. I'm not letting the people go. And so Moses and Aaron go back to God. God sends plagues. On Egypt, remember this, plague after plague after plague on Egypt. And, and Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Uh, God says, I'm going to harden his heart. That doesn't mean God turned a nice, warm, soft heart hard. It means a heart that was already being hardened. God just said, all right, here, you can, this is what you want, you can have it. And so all this is going on, and now God is about to unleash his final plague on uh, Egypt. So Exodus 11, if you've got your Bible, open up to Exodus 11, verse 4, and it says this. Then Moses said... This is what the Lord says. About midnight, 
I am going out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the firstborn of the slave of the girl who is behind the millstone. All the firstborn of the cattle as well. So there shall be a great cry in all the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before and such as there will never be again. But not even a dog will threaten any of the sons of Israel, nor anything from person to animal, so that you may learn how the Lord distinguishes between Egypt and Israel. Okay, so God is about to send the worst plague ever. Pharaoh won't let the people go. God says, all right, all right, listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to come in and I'm going to kill the firstborn of everything. And by the way, who did this earlier in the story? You remember? Pharaoh. So God, this is the kind of world you want? Here you go. I'm going to give it to you. And so God is about to unleash the worst plagues. Never will there be a cry like this in all of Egypt. But whereas Pharaoh, when he killed the firstborn, there was no way out. There was no grace. But God offers something different. God offers a way. This, my friends, in Exodus 12, you got your Bible, Exodus 12, verse 3, this is the story of Passover. And I'm asking my friend Matt Ritchie. Matt, will you stand up and just and read this story to them? Thank you, sir. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of the month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but roasted, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. You shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Thank you, sir. And by the way, let me share with you guys why I asked Matt to read that. I get an incredible privilege each week of reading scripture over a body, and it's super fun. And, like, I want to share that. And so I'm going to ask more and more people to stand and read scripture over this body because I don't think that should be a, a joy reserved just for me. And so I, I, want, us, I want us to share in that together. And, and so thank you so much. But, man... And, and so th that, that's the story of Passover. And the people are supposed to take this lamb, and it's a specific lamb. And, and this is the story of what God has told him. And then God says, if you read like the next few chapters, God says, all right, I want you to do this thing again and again and again every year to like re-immerse yourself in this memory. 
He doesn't just say, I want you to remember Passover every year. He says, I I want you to immerse yourself back into this memory in a way that is impossible to forget. And we understand this, don't we? Because there are things we celebrate as Americans that we don't simply remember. We immerse ourselves in. I'll give you a hint. The 4th of July. None of you just wake up and go, God, I just want to thank you for 1776 and then go about your way. Right? Which, by the way, you can Google that. So, so like, none of us do that. What we do is, what do we do? We go out, what do we do on 4th of July? Shoot fireworks, right? We eat, Lee Greenwood shows up, there's watermelon, like it's, it's a party, are you with me? So on, on, on the 4th of July, we immerse ourselves back into a memory so that we don't forget. Why? Because we are a forgetful people. And so God says, I want you to take this thing and I want you to do it over and over and over. But like, I'm reading this and I'm like, God, you did so many cool things. Like, why this? Why does this one deserve a special meal and a remembrance? Like, you created the world. Yet God doesn't say, hey, listen, every year I want you to have a feast where you celebrate the fact that I created the world and you spoke it. But for some reason, there's something in Passover that God wants to make sure that we don't miss. And I believe because this is a story that points to the greatest story. And so let's, let's see. Let, let's sort of dissect this story and let's see what it is that we need to remember. Let's go back to Exodus 12, verse 13. It says, The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will come upon you. To destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Okay, so there's a word there, Passover. Y'all have heard, if you grew up in church, you've heard this story before. When you think about Passover, what synonym comes to mind? Throw it out. Just, yeah, it's okay. I bet y'all are super fun at a football game. Go, go team, go team. What? Skip, yes, skip. Who said that? Raise your hand. Thank you. You should front row next week. That's all, Skip. When, you, when we hear the word Passover, we think of skip over, don't we? And this is why we're missing something in this story. We're missing something in this story, guys. Because when they heard the word Passover, they weren't thinking skip. The word Passover to them had a different meaning. It meant protect. So now let's think about this story with some new words. Not that God skipped over the houses that were covered with the blood, but that the houses that were covered with the blood were the houses that God would embrace. God's not skipping over those houses. He's protecting those houses. He's covering those houses. The blood didn't cause God to skip over it. The blood was God's sign to hold it, to protect it, to love it, to nurture it, to care for it, to make sure that God's wrath didn't fall on it. Remember, I think we've forgotten because we're thinking, oh, he skipped over. No, he didn't skip over. He didn't skip over. He provided a way to life. It was the blood, the blood that signaled the Father with mercy would be on this place. To skip over, man, it sounds like ignoring. And nothing ignoring about what he's doing right here. He's preserving, protecting, and providing. And I think we need to remember this because this points to something greater. And I want to I tell you guys right now, I'll, I'll just sort of, let me get an aside here in this message, then we'll come back to the message. We're preaching this series on purpose, and it's to lead us to Easter. Because I have sat in this room on Easter, and I have seen a room where it looked like a lot of people forgot. 
And so everything we're doing is so that when we come to Easter in this place, and we come to Friday night, we come to Easter Sunday, this room will look like a people that remember. But if we don't get this, we might not appreciate that. And so what else? What else do we need to remember? Here, let's verse 12, or chapter 12, verse, um, let's go verse 3 again. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, they are to each take a lamb for themselves, according to the father's household, a lamb for each household. Now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to the house are to take one according to the number of persons in them, in proportion to what they should eat. Divide the lamb. Your lamb needs to be unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to slaughter it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost of the lintel of the homes in which they eat it. Okay, go back to, if you don't mind, for, for me real quick. There's a word in here that I want. There it is right there. It's one, two, three, four. Oh, one, two, three, four, five. Sixth word, top sentence. What is it? Unblemished. Unblemished. Again, it is so easy to forget, but they couldn't just put the blood of any lamb over the doorpost. It was a very specific lamb, and the lamb's blood that would cover the sin of the people and protect them from the wrath of God against sin was an unblemished lamb, a spotless lamb, a perfect lamb, a lamb that was what the other lambs couldn't be, right? A lamb that was different. A lamb that was unique. A lamb that was set apart. A lamb that could fulfill the needs of the Father. And there had to be blood. The lamb had to bleed. You ever wonder that? Man, the Bible is sometimes kind of a bloody book. You're like, why, why so much blood? Go to Leviticus 17, it says, 1711, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. So for some reason, God has decided that there's something special about our blood. There's something unique. And you guys, I mean, you don't have to be like a doctor to know this. If you remove all the blood from something, can it live? Probably not long, right? I mean, you need blood to live. Blood carries oxygen throughout the body and does a whole bunch of other really cool stuff that I wasn't there for on that day. But, like, it does amazing things, okay? I know this. And so, for whatever reason, blood is a very, very important part of the story. And so, not only did you have to have a spotless lamb, but the spotless lamb had to bleed. And it was the blood of the spotless lamb that would protect you and, and preserve you and keep you and nurture you and, and hold you and embrace you, not skip you. It was the blood of the spotless lamb. And this story is pointing to something. It's pointing to the greatest story the world will ever know. And in this story, guys, we, we, can't, we can't forget. We've got to remember to remember. As we read the Passover story, we must remember that in this Passover, you see God's justice and God's mercy in the same place. In this Passover, you see God's hatred for sin and God's love for his people in the same place. You see God's wrath and God's deliverance. You see it all come together in one place in this amazingly beautiful act of mercy and grace that's pointing to the most amazing beautiful act of mercy and grace that the world will ever know. And as, as I read this this week, I was like, God, so often I forget. So often I forget. And I, I feel like sometimes I'm surrounded by people who forget. 
We're reading about the greatest thing the world would ever know. And all God wants us to do is remember. Just remember. And this is, why is it so important that we remember? Listen to this, guys. This is Exodus 14.10. You can't make this stuff up, man. As Pharaoh approached the sons of Israel. So, so they're leaving. He's like, all right, that's enough. Firstborns, go on. Get out of here. And so the, the Israelites start to leave, and the Egyptians come after them. Pharaoh's like, nope, change my mind. As Pharaoh approached the sons of Israel, looked, and behold, the Egyptians were coming after them. And they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, and then they said to Moses, It is because there were no graves in Egypt that you took us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us like this? You brought us out of Egypt? It's not the word we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. What are you doing? Like, it's just days earlier. They have seen God unleash all these massive plagues, right? They've seen Yahweh do incredible things. They are saved by the blood. Isn't it weird that people marked by the blood would be complaining about something? Isn't it strange? I know we're like, oh, this is unimaginable. That people marked by the blood of the lamb, saved by the blood of the lamb, would walk out a few days later and start complaining? Can you imagine this? I know this church can't, but you know other churches where they complain, (laughs) right? Where people marked by the blood who have seen the power of God. And the minute the enemy comes, oh, I'm so scared. And so then God does something pretty cool. I don't know if you've read this part of the story. If not, I recommend you do. He divides the water. Right? And he's like, come on. And they're just going across. And then it says the Egyptians are chasing them. So the Egyptians are like, they're coming across. And the Egyptians get out in the middle of this thing. I use my imagination. And so the Egyptians are out in the middle of this thing. And then God, all your enemies wiped out. Wiped out. And so then in chapter 15, they start singing. How great is our God, right? Sing with me. And they're singing, and I just all the jamming. And then in Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went there three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Mar, they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter and it didn't taste good. For that reason, it was named Morah. So the people grumbled. What are we going to drink? It's not even a juice box here. Look, you, this is three days later. Three days later. And people marked by the blood, who've seen the power of God, who just watched God swallow all their enemies, now they're thirsty and they're upset. Because we are a people who forget. And so the reason I'm so excited about this is because we must remember we are not victims. I know you might have been through some bad things, but you are not a victim. The power of God is on you. The power of God is in you. The blood of the king of the universe flows through our veins. Stop whining about life. Please, like, whatever you're going, I'm not saying you haven't been through bad things. I'm just saying whatever you're experiencing is a moment. And your moment, if you're marked by blood, it ends in glory. Remember to remember who we are. 
No, I know the Circle K didn't open the door in time. I know, I know, I know. I know, believe me. But for the love of everything, it's okay. We're going to make it. And we're entering a political season, and your guy or your gal, you, they may not win. Guess what? Stop complaining. They may not let our kids pray with you. Stop complaining. They may not let us post our rules on the, on the Capitol grounds. Stop complaining. We are the sons and daughters of the king. There is power in us. It's not bound by government. It's not bound by man. It's not bound by anything. It is given to us by the king of the universe, and no one will take it. So quit giving it away. Like, just stop whining. I don't know how else to say it. I'm thirsty. I know. You're like, but it's hot in here. I know, I know, I know. And it's raining outside. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <sighs> the king's blood flows through my veins. Uh, this, this, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. This is a hard moment. I'm in a hard time. I'm in a hard season. I've seen some things. And my heart is hurt. But I'm still a son or daughter of the king. And he is still in control. And this must be the mindset of God's people. And this is why it is so important for us to remember. Because we are a people who are prone to forget, aren't we? We are a what have you done for me lately people. What he did for you lately was he died on the cross, rose from the grave, forgave your sins, and empowered you with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Amen. And if that's the only thing he ever does, and we still have to muddle our way through this world, we will do it with our heads high. Not proud, not proud, not boasting in our own thing, because we, we are nothing apart from him, but secure in that we belong to the king of the universe. And so today, guys, it's a simple message. Remember, remember, remember that this moment is not forever. Remember that he's, he's still in control. Remember that there is power in you. Remember that no matter how dark it looks now, the light will come into the world and the darkness could not overtake it. Today, we remember. And so we're going to celebrate communion together and I'm so excited we get to do this because what an amazing time to stop and remember. Matter of fact, when Jesus, before he left the earth, he got in a room with some of his friends and he said, hey guys, bring it in, bring it in. I got something for you. And they thought they were just going to do the Passover meal, which is slightly ironic since that's what we're talking about. Which is like, no, 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 we're going to do it a little different this time. This time the bread, it means something different. And they're like, ooh, what's it mean? He says, this is my body. I'm giving it to you. In, that, in one of those verses we read, you see what they were to do with the lamb? They weren't to put the blood over the door and then throw the lamb outside. What would they do? They ate it. They ingested the lamb. They, they, they consumed the lamb. And Christ said, I want you to consume my body so that you might know that I am with you and I am in you. And he's like, life is going to get tough. As often as you do this, what did he say? He said to remember me. And then after the supper was over, Christ took a cup and he said, guys, this is my blood. This is my blood shed for you and for many for the new covenant. This is what sets you free. You are not bound by the law. Uh, you are not bound by your old sins. You are set free by my blood. And he said, as often as you drink this, I want you to remember me. And so it's in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, that we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim this mystery of faith. And if you know it, say it with me. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. 
God, your spirit is poured out in this room. Now will you pour your spirit out on these gifts of bread and wine that they may be for us, the body and the blood of Christ. God, that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by your blood. God, by your spirit, make us one with you. God, by your spirit, make us one with each other. That all these different kinds of people might have this supernatural unity as we move into the world. That we may share vision and values and theology. And through these things, we may actually change the world together. God, make us one. And make us one with all the world until you come again we feast at your heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.